Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Welcome back to Really Riley Podcast, my little corner of the world where I like to talk about everything under the sun, mostly all things very real, very raw, and occasionally funny. Um, This one I hope is a little bit of both. I have brought in my husband as the co-pilot today, and yes, as you guys already know, he loves to annoy me every damn time I bring him into this podcast room, and he's doing everything that he usually does. So hi, babe. Hello. (laughs) Why do you got to make fun of me when I do the intro every single time? You're well, not new to this. I think I know it. You think you know what? I can do the intro. Do it. Go ahead. Let me see. Hello, we love it. I don't go hello. <laughs> I go hello. It's hello. It's up, down. It's not hello. I feel like I'm on that. What is that Howard Stern movie? W-N-B-C. Please tell me you've seen that movie. No. <gasps> We're getting divorced. What? You've never seen H- Howard the Howard Stern? Stern movie? I forgot what it's called, but it's like about his radio-like career. <gasps> you've never seen that movie? No. Oh, wait a minute. Is this, okay, is this a, like an age thing? Because yes, we're six and a half years apart and I'm an old lady compared to you. When was that out? I don't remember. Oh my God, that's on the list. I literally write it down. I literally do this all the time that I'll think of a movie that Marshall hasn't seen. And I'm like, you haven't seen that? And I'm actually pretty good at that, right? You are. Because like this weekend we started Fried Green Tomatoes. If you guys have not seen that movie, another one can't be friends. But it's good so far, right? Yeah. And no. then the other one that we watched with was, what was the swimming movie on Netflix? Shoot, I'm getting old. Like the the movie about the oh, marathon swimmer. Let me look that up. So this was the most inspirational thing. I was like literally crying at the end. And I actually think I remember reporting on this story on the air being like, damn, that is some bomb ass shit. So basically it was, a, she was 64, right, babe? Uh, Nyad. Nyad. Oh my God. If Diana you haven't, Nyad. Diana Nyad. If you haven't watched it yet on Netflix, please watch it. Oh my God, it's so good. I mean, this woman, 64, she, she was right. Yeah, because she did like, it was four attempts like her five first one, it was well, the fifth one that she actually did it well it was that was like one at 28 right but then four attempts like at 60 plus yeah she was 60 not 68 she was 64 yeah you just said 68 plus well i mean like like she was it was she was 60 years old or older when she did four she attempts 68 any who's will be see yeah. this is married life but like i that was just so incredible to me that it was just like okay at 28 she couldn't do it and then it was like, okay, I'm going to give give that up. And not like she hadn't been accomplished as fuck when she did that. Like she was an Olympic gold medalist. She had like all of these, you know, what do they call it? A marathon oh, I mean, that's an ultra record. marathon. I mean, that's... What's the word I'm looking for? Anyways, my mind is a blank. Um, She was just a badass, right? And then so she didn't complete this race, if you will. But like the first time that she attempted to swim from... Q, Cuba to Florida, right? Yeah, Key West. And this was a dream, or Key West, sorry. A dream of her since she was a kid. I don't want to give away the whole movie if y'all haven't seen it or heard this story, but it was like, she had kind of like in her mind shriveled up. She was like, where's the excellence? And then she was like, I'm going to do this. Every damn person thought she was crazy. Everybody was like, you know, can't, can't you do something else? And, you know, she did not let anyone tell her no. She was like, I'm going to do this. At 60 fucking four. Like, the lady got stung by a damn jellyfish and wanted to keep going. Like, holy shit, I can't even swim from one end to the next without freaking out. And she went four, three, four hundred something miles. We're totally getting off track of what the topic was going to be of this podcast, but you need to watch it. Um, today, I want to talk about 
kind of the inner workings of my all-time favorite TV show right now of Vanderpump Rules. Marshall, by proxy, you know this show and the characters in it because we've been together five years and some change. No, five years and a month, married for two and a half. And that is my crack. Like, I used to watch all of the crime shows to go to bed. At least I've stopped doing that. Yeah, IE channel. <laughs> well, it was so soothing, though. At least I stopped doing that. But now it's always Vanderpump Rules. And I literally have the mat in front of my porch that says leave me or what is it come back later i'm watching bravo i always tell him like i'm in bravo mode leave me alone so i think there might be a tiny bit of truth to what marshall always says to me after i'm done watching an episode what do you always say to me you project everything on me (laughs) i i don't do i Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you could see his face right now so i guess it's like i always say that that's my escape from my own world but every time i see somebody doing something shitty on that show i'm like if you ever if you ever did that, I would cut it off. Yeah, like I, okay, maybe a little. So I'm not projecting right now. I'm just kind of relating the story. You know the story of Scandaball, right? By proxy from me hearing, whatever. So you know this guy, Nick Vial, Nick Vale, Nick Vial. I think it's Vial. I want to say Vial because we recently watched that show. Um, Special Forces. Special Forces. Was it Discovery Channel? No, that was Hulu. That was Fox. Fox. Okay, but we watched it on Hulu, right? Yeah, I think they had, they, it came out earlier or something anyway, like that. But you know him from that one. Did he? Was he one of the winners? He was. He was one of the three that actually got through because they picked three winners. It was him, yeah. the Olympic chick, and then I forgot the other one. Anyway, but he has a podcast. I don't really like his podcast most of the time. Like, I think that, like, I just get these, like, icky vibes sometimes with the way that he talks to people. But he recently did one with Sandoval about the premiere of the recent season of Vanderpump Rules. Before I get into that, I just have to tell you, I haven't talked about the recent premiere of Sander Pump Rule. Sander Pump? Ooh. I just moved those names together. <laughs> Let me not, because I don't like Sandoval. Um, I wasn't impressed, which I'm really sad, because it was like this big lead up after this big, dramatic, like three-part series and all these podcasts that are coming out. Blah, blah, blah. The intro sucked. Like, I was just like, really? Of all the intros, it was the most boring. And it was just like, the show was just kind of like, I get it. It's like the lead up. And the biggest, boom, boom, or whatever sound effect you want. He's making fun of me again. Shut up, Marshall. The the biggest moment was like when Lala, and I want to say in air quotes, pretend texted Rachel Raquel, whatever she's calling herself right now, um, to kind of like reach out and be there for her. I'm like, okay, production edit right there. You damn well know Lala would not. You, you haven't seen them kumbayaing at all. And she did watch What Happens Live and told Andy that she never reached back out to her. Oh, okay. You know, there's got to be people involved. She probably went to her team and... I recently just forced myself to listen to parts of Rachel Goes Rogue, which is Raquel's new podcast. And let me just go on a mini side note, Riley Rant right now. I fucking hate it when people that literally should not be trying to talk for a living in any way, shape, or form try to do a podcast. The girl cannot even rub two sentences together. And the first freaking podcast was like 10 minutes long. And then she has a lull from like November to now. She put out a little teaser podcast, annoying. And then the podcast that she put out, it's literally I heart like producers, handlers, whatever, feeding her the questions. This fucking podcast was like number 20 on the I part. Okay, I know I'm going into a tangent, but it just bothers me that you had to have I heart handlers there to feed you the questions in order to make a podcast successful. How in the fuck? Like, I get it. iHeart knows how to make their money and all that. And she's, you know, hot topic right now. But that bothers me so much. Because I'm just a little podcaster trying to make it in this world. 
anyway shut up marshall <laughs> um but that's my thought on that i don't really have a whole lot yet i know that it's going to get better and juicier and what have you but i want to talk about nick vial's podcast with tom sandoval he is such a fucking narcissist okay so this whole time even when he, we did heard about like him on special forces remember he was talking about how i really want to be punished and i feel like i deserve it blah, 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 blah. had his white nail polish on uh-huh. and the braids but like was getting his hair <laughs> marshall's rolling his eyes big time now you love the french braids don't you well, i mean i think if the guys they had on there i mean the the array of people that they had uh, on there rudy i forget his last name but he he's he's been like in generation kill he was in like in a bunch of movies but he was actually like a marine raider yeah. so that's kind of like the it's like a green beret and a seal badass but, you know so that's what the raiders are i think if he was actually like out of character and not like on television like that dude would have got destroyed open up a can of whoop ass yeah it would well, have been so also if you remember the reason why he got like disqualified or like they voted it whatever not voted him but they decided like they weren't going to go forward and he couldn't go for like the big prize or whatever or like the win at the end is because he was faking remember like when they were in this like sound room or whatever where they like torture you with all these different sounds and it's cold and he was like overly shaking trying to make himself seem so pitiful and then they get him to the medic room and boom he's fine they were like that's bullshit like you're trying to pretend portray weakness for pity narcissism 101 i can't stand him so he goes on nick vial's podcast and nick vial like the minute that he walks in he says why you late man 45 minutes late okay i'm a stickler for time like when I'm in, you know, radio 20 years and you're literally, you have to watch a clock your whole life or you have to do a commercial for 60 seconds. And if they're live, you have to know within a couple of seconds how long it is. You can go pee in two minutes, eat a bite of food, wash your hands, get some sanitizer and adjust your seat. Maybe even, you know, pick off an eyelash that's falling down, whatever. You can do a lot in two minutes. So 45 minutes is bullshit. If you're going to be five, 10 minutes late, okay, let a person know. But here's what bugged me. He walks in and Nick Vial goes, why are you late, man? And he was pretty cocky about it, which didn't bother me. So Sandoval was just like, dude, man, why are you late to my podcast? And he goes, what do you mean? I wasn't. And he's like, yeah, you were. You were like forever. You were like two hours late. I can't stand his voice either. And Nick Vial goes, actually, no, I wasn't. And he's like, dude, you said you were going to be there at 530. You showed up at like eight. And he's like, no, actually not. So he had his assistant like pull receipts and the assistant pulled out he's like um here's a text from you and your phone or whatever or maybe nick vial said this but he was just like uh dude when do you want to do this it's 507 i could literally be there by 5 30. and then his assistant pulls out that red receipt you can't fuck around in this day and age i swear like everybody will call you out on your shit it's like a text from nick vial that says um literally just got to the you know whatever sandoval podcast and it was like 542. so basically he just tried to like call him out red receipt no and he's like dude no you were late you were late why were you late da, da, da. and it, it was just his back and forth like and that's what narcissists do like when you back them into a corner they will pull all of these things out of the sun to avoid being nailed to the cross about what they did and that's what's crazy is this wasn't even that big a deal you were late just admit it so finally after like six rounds of this he was like well i was i was hanging out with a friend and he goes what what you were hanging out with a friend. And then over the weekend, there was a bunch of pictures of some blonde chick that was getting in the car with Tom Sandoval. So rumor has it he has a new girlfriend. God bless her. So the problem was, is on this podcast, and I'm getting to you, babe, because I know you're rolling your eyes at this because you have to deal with enough of my anger towards some of the Vanderpump Rules cast. Um, in this interview, 
after all that shit that you saw on what's the show again special Forces. thank you i don't know why i can't remember that for the life of me special forces i just always say that like the sandoval show um he was saying how he wanted to be punished and he was so sorry he's sitting here in this podcast going well i know that i have been wrong or da 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 like 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 somebody needs to take like out of that dude's vocabulary i say like a lot and that's what I don't like listening back to the podcast because I hear how many times I do that and that annoys the shit out of even me. <sighs> but he said, well, like, man, you understand, like, this person, like, yeah, I was wrong with that I cheated and everything like that. But, like, she talked down to me, the whole, like, relationship. And then, like, when we broke up, she's fami- filming, like, this commercial for, like, Duracell. And, like, they're making fun of my nail polish. They're making fun of lightning bolts i mean everything that was me bitch motherfucker like if you had cheated on me with my best friend and fucked her in my household i promise you you would have gotten a lot more mental and physical injury than just making fun of your nail polish and breaking your ugly ass penis flute that you had your assistant glue black together fool so yeah this is the this is the, this is the projecting you're talking about mm-hmm. at least i'm not saying it to you babe mm-hmm. but well, maybe because there's a microphone in front of you. well wait haha <laughs> there's always time um, if you had ever cheated on me, now granted, entirely different situation, and I know you would not, so don't roll your eyes at me. And let's say we didn't have kids, and we were just like life partners, had a house together. Would you ever, ever, on national television, after professing how sorry you were and how much you want the world to forgive you, go on there and list all the reasons why you stuck your pina in her best friend's VV? the week that her grandmother died while her dog died like what would you ever no well that's he's also not he did that for show clinical narcissist i mean i basically just i think a lot of people have that just ego it's more than that like it's clinical narcissism it's just insanity to me but i'm gonna put my hold on that because i'm sure we have a lot more episodes of this but the thing i wanted to talk to you also about this nick vial podcast and as much as i have yelled at you about bringing other podcasters stuff into my podcast i'm allowed to do it because i'm the host hi really really riley um they were talking about sheena you know who sheena is right the skinny one that always wears the big hoop earrings that she had the baby she's got the husband that's from australia Mm. you know it's coming back to you now isn't it so Nick Vial somewhere in this podcast said that her husband was, quote, a payroll husband. So Sheena is making really good money now. And I will give it to her as much as she gets under my skin. She's the only one of these like podcasters from the Bravo universe, aside from Bethany Frankel, which she doesn't claim them anymore. That's actually good. Like I actually good. Like I've listened to her show. She actually has a broadcasting background. Like she went to school for that. So mm-hmm. she kind of knows what she's doing. She knows how to lead a conversation. She's prepared. She's got cards. Like she's well read on her guests. Like her can't she's good, honestly. I think she should stick to that. But he said that, you know, she's doing well monetarily, right? You know, she's got all of these different they all do after a certain amount of episodes of Vanderpump Rules or whatever, Bravo. But when she met her husband, Brock because obviously her remember her first husband this mike shea guy that like i don't i know you you'd know it if you saw it because we watched it together but he was a boo-boo ass too stole money from her or whatever so she marries now her new husband and he comes from australia i think and he had to get here on a green card and they have a baby together though so it's a different level they're married this is the different level i say they have a family together they have a child to support this is what i'm going to get to this in a minute but this is what i feel like makes us different um she didn't like that he was called a payroll husband 
there's a lot of footage on Vanderpump Rules where he was buying her engagement ring from Alex Chan, I think his name is. So he's like their like resident like celebrity ring provider. And he was seen putting out like three different credit cards to pay for her engagement ring. And in that time, it fa- they found out that like he has a bunch of other kids that he supposedly didn't pay for. All of that's supposedly kosher now. They are married. They have a house or apartment or whatever. So she was saying that Nick Vial was misogynistic and a hypocrite because his fiance, who's I think pregnant or maybe just had their baby, is a payroll wife or about to be. Like he pays for everything for her. So why the double standard? Like why is it a problem that Sheena makes more money than her husband Brock? which nobody knows the dynamic of their family. They don't know if he is the one that like watches the baby all the time when she's at work or doing whatever, which I think her mom does a lot of that, but you you don't know what endorsement projects he has on the side. So you don't know their exact pocketbook, but she admitted as according to Nick Vial's standards, he is a payroll husband. So I want to ask you as an opinion, because you are a man and you've never been a payroll husband, but the like, the dynamic of money with you and I, if you want to say that traditional money dynamics within women of what is socially accepted is sometimes the man has more money and that's okay. But when we met, I made a lot more money than you. Huh. I'm also six and a half years older than you. I've also been or was at my radio career for a lot longer than you were at your career, uh-huh. just you know by proxy. Um, I made what? How much more than you? And I'm only saying this that right now because you it ain't this anymore. Yeah, um, it was probably what was that? It was 2019. Like of, it was pre-pandemic when I was making all that money in endorsements. Yeah, of base, probably like 60. That was just base. Yeah, without endorsements and appearances, yes. Yeah, just just my, my base. Yours, no no OT, nothing like that. No yeah. time. Now. Hmm. And I say this now because the universe is listening and money flows to me often and easily. Um, it ain't that. Uh, our money dynamic, I guess you could say I'm the payroll wife. I work my ass off. Don't get me wrong. And everything is going well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got this army. I love you. You guys have literally like supported me so much and saved my life throughout this time. So I'm eternally grateful for that. I'm not complaining. But the money dynamic has shifted a lot. I still pay my half of the mortgage, but you know, it's, I'm not going to manifest bad things, but there are some times where it's been scary. And does that therein make me less than now or in a different position of power within the relationship because of the fact that I now make less money? Now it's not me asking you this or projecting my Bravo shit onto you that you would ever make me feel that way. Cause it's not that, but do you think that her husband Brock should feel less of a man because he makes less money than her? Especially when she was like pseudo famous when they met? No, I mean, I know. Because when you say that's kind of the same dynamic as me and you, I'm it, not famous, but I public figure, whatever. Yeah, no, but I mean, I know, I know some guys at work, I'm mm-hmm. friends with that, that's the dynamic. They it, make the money and the wife is. No, no, no. The wife makes the money. Oh. Like, oh. And some um, recent time, I'm not going to put name or no, business and no, stuff no. like that, but. It was significantly higher. Yeah. Like, well, kind of like us. N- Even more than that. Okay. Like, a couple pro- of salaries higher pro- for yeah. the average person. Yeah, probably like five or six times. And how long would you say they've been married? <sighs> At least. Approximately to not give anything away. 15 plus. Wow. So, so they have kids? Mm hmm. 
Oh, was it always like that or did it shift? No. It was always that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so answer me this question. Did you feel in any way, please be honest, inferior or less than in any way when I was making that much more money? You're like, not dating, but like say like once we got engaged and had planned like a family. No. Okay. I mean, not at all. No, I mean like I I had... I had my own stuff. Truth. You know, like I now, didn't. this is an important note. When I met Marshall, I had literally just gotten out of debt. Manifestation fucking works. And I tell that story in my manifest- manifestation seminars in case you ever come to one because there's some of the works. Um, but I I had a son and everything like that. I, would, I paid my own bills, but I was paying rent. I didn't own anything. Like I own my car now. I own this house with you. But you had your own house that you owned. You had a boat that you owned. You had a car that you were, you know, car payment like everybody else, but you didn't have any debt. So you were not doing so bad, you know, cause that, that those dollars and cents kind of even out for what you're actually making when you got a kid, as you know now. Mm-hmm. So two, <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Bless one. I'm glad you didn't let me have another one. Um, but you didn't feel at all inferior cause I didn't make you feel that way. No. Well, I never thought of it that way. You know, like I think a lot of people that do go off like the traditional. Well, to be fair, you are a traditional type of man in 90%, nah, say 75% of your thinking. Actually, I take that back. You would not have married me if that was actually true. Um, you're very traditional in the idea of you're an open door. You like to be the strong force in the family as a man. And I'll say this to you, which might surprise you. I in some, watch it, sir, cases enjoy being in that wifey role. It's kind of one that I was very used to without the sexual relationship and like love sentiments in radio because I was a co-host, which is such bullshit because the co-hosts are actually like more a driving force most of the time than the actual host. The host is like the head and the co-host is the neck. You might be the head, you might be the showpiece, but I'm the one that makes the shit turn. But... I I think that I enjoy letting someone that I trust, i.e. my husband, lead me in that feminine energy. I still have fucking problems with it sometimes, but we're working on it. We've only been together two and a half years. Give us time. But do you enjoy that that role of being the leader of the house, monetarily and emotionally? I mean, monetarily, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't believe you. Let Let me phrase it a different way. Do you feel proud that you are now able to be the monetary breadwinner of the family? Yeah, but I don't, the pride doesn't come from like being like, quote I didn't unquote, say it like, did. I'm no, asking no, no. you in general. Yeah, no, no. I'm not projecting right now. No, I know. I'm just like, asking. Quote unquote, like the breadwinner, like that doesn't. You are though. We're, okay, let's take the emotion out of it between me and you. It's just true right now. But I mean, like for me, it's not about that. It's just wanting to provide. I'm not, That's, I know that within you. I, but doesn't that give you a sense of, let me phrase it this way. Like imagine if you made, shit money and i had made all this money and it wasn't a possibility for you to be able to float us right now imagine how bad that would suck yeah no but it it's, so, ju- it's just it's coming from place like wanting to provide but like i also view us and the family as like a team dynamic obviously so like, you know i think that's where for me that traditional role of like the man does you know makes all the money and doesn't like i don't view it that way because i view it as like a team where you know you provide things to to me and and the boys like i never could you know so well, it's I mean, not so much like just, what i mean in terms of like making every event and occasion hmm. special having stuff planned out you know 
I'm more of like the organizer and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like their creativity and kind of, you know, letting them be them, be them. And then, you know, for me, kind of pushing me and being, you know, yeah. a keystone in a lot of things. It's, it's stuff that, you know, you couldn't put a price on those things. Oh, so babe. like for You're me, I don't view it as like, that is like the sole everything, you know, because Money. yeah, you're providing a lot of things that don't have a monetary value assigned to them. But if you did, you know, those things are kind of priceless in that, this dynamic. So like from a traditional sense, I think a lot of people just view it as like that. But, you know, this is where like a lot of people get in, in wrong business. It's like they start a business with a friend. That friend brings nothing to the table, mm -hmm. you know. And just because they're friends, they get a 50-50 cut. Fuck like, that that other person has to bring something the other one doesn't and that's what makes it work you know so True. i don't view it that way and this is why we are married this is why we are this is why i took the w name <laughs> because i don't know like i i love you first of all but you i don't think that you share a lot of men's views whether they admit it or not like i think a lot of people that's like the comfy thing to say but answer me this, before we had planned on being a family, and which was all of five minutes because we were idiots and trying it three months, did that, I don't think you knew how much money I made at first. No. But was there ever a time, because it would have only been for like five minutes, that that intimidated you? Not really, because it was like, I mean, with what I do, it's like, you can always make more money. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, there's no... There's no like amount that you really couldn't get to. It's just how much do you want to work, you know? And then you're kind of managing like a work-life balance. So for me, that's kind of how it always was. Like if I wanted something, I just work extra and I'd go get it. But you're you married a hustler too, though. Like I yeah. have that mindset too. Like I think that if I may, and you can tell me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong or not, I think you also feel comf more comfortable in that role of being the not sole provider, but the heftier provider right now because you know that I'm not gonna just fucking chill i'm not i'm always hungry for more i'm always wanting for more if i see an opportunity to make a dollar i'm going to do it so our team dynamic is good there like i'm not going to lie to you like this might make me a little funky but it's fucked with me to be the one that needs you in that way because prior to you i never never ever needed anybody i was the bitch that would sell my jewelry and i'm still fucking mad that i sold that aquamarine set because that pearl-shaped ring was so pretty, or the pear-shaped ring. Yes, when I was 28 years old, I was making nada money in Memphis. Shout out to the 901. And in order to make my rent, I either had to have an event that week, like an actual, because in radio you get paid for endorsements, like, hey, this is Riley and blah, 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 go buy this toothpaste, go buy this boob job, whatever. And then you have events called remotes that you get paid for. If I didn't have my weekly club remote, ugh, shout out to Census Friends, if you haven't seen the Hoochie Hoop Riley video, there's a lot of those census pictures in there. Holy shit. Um, it's on my Instagram at Riley Couture or at Really Riley Podcast. But I didn't I didn't have that remote one week. I, for, I forget why because I had to go to that damn club for like six years. Ugh. But I had to sell my jewelry and it was jewelry that my mom had given me. And I was like, I called my mom first. I was like, do you mind or whatever? Because I'll be damned if I, give some, if I ask somebody for money. Damned. And I remember... At one point, my mom had to lend me $1,000 and I cried for two weeks over that. And I didn't have the money to give it back to her for, for a little while, but literally every single week I would deposit 20 bucks in her account. 
And she always said that about me that like, you know, because in my family, there was one like really rich aunt that she married a New York stockbroker. And then everybody else was, you know, pretty lower middle class. And then there was my mom that, you know, you got to hand it to her. She was a banker for 35 years. And, you know, my stepfather growing up didn't have a whole lot of money, but she was smart with her money. And, you know, now now lady's got chilling on some pretty good retirement, you know, and whatever. So learned a lot from her. But I just think that it's been a swift, swift kick in the taco for me to be the one that leans on you in that way. Now, mind you, I pay my half of the mortgage and, you know, my insurance and all this stuff. But, you know, the in-between stuff, there's a few things that you've had to pick up. Not all of it. And I'm not saying in large amounts of it because I will put myself on the back that through all my Hustle House of W, Really Riley podcast and the We Got This Army, I've held it together. But there's times where, like, you'll take care of something. You'll kind of, like, skirt it out from under me. Like, because... I know some traditional families like do like do things differently, but we've always had our separate accounts and we just agreed you pay this, I pay this, we pay half the mortgage, you know, childcare, whatever. But there's been a few things I've noticed you've kind of just paid because I get one too many speeding tickets every once again. <laughs> but um, it does. It messes with me a lot because I know money is not everything and I know I'm still a badass, but it, it's, it's messed with me because I didn't have to worry or want for anything. And you know, we had this big wedding that was a lot of money, but I didn't care, you know, like, it, and I don't like, I, I was very, when I had all that money, very generous, was I not? No, you, you oh were. Oh my God, you're sounding all quiet. They can't see you. No, no, you, you were very generous. I mean, it. I would and always throw my credit card down. No, and the whole thing, I think too, is that it's just an ebb and flow right now. Yeah. And. Well, cause think about it this way: when we, when I moved in with my son to your house, which was a big deal for me, that that shook my my whole psyche. I was pregnant and I had an emotional breakdown where I was throwing the coats out of his front closet. Ah! Like I was hormonal, but I was also going through a roller coaster ride. Of I had never moved into another man's space. It was either they moved into mine or we moved into something together. There was never me moving into someone else's space, and it was different because it was my son with me. You know, so if God forbid you turned evil, which you never would, like, oh God, what would I do? It was just a mind fuck for me at the moment. Even though I had planned to marry you and I was pregnant with your kid, it still freaked me out. But now I guess it's like I need to reshift my brain in that sense. Like we are married, we have a home together, uh-huh. and what you know, we ain't got a prenup too. So <laughs> you try to ever leave me, motherfucker. Um, okay, Bravo projecting. I know. Sorry, I love you. I'm sorry, I love, I love you. you too. That annoys you so bad. I love you. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it messed with me. So I think the whole thing of like payroll husbands and wives is like kind of garbage. Even when you see these big divorces on Bravo or whatever, unless like you have a nanny 24-7, and even if you do, like if you are their wife or husband or partner and they built a business with you, like whether it be moral support or taking care of the children or making the household run. Cause like, tell me right now, babe, even in business, because in the last year I have launched two businesses and you are like my touchstone in that way. You know, you help me stay organized with certain things. You'll make suggestions. Like when I can't think at the end of the day and my ADHD is running rampant and you have to like literally compose an email for me, <laughs> like I always, you know, whatever, or you have to like, cancel the subscriptions that I don't need anymore and I don't have the headspace to do. That sounds so, that sounds so like minuscule and I'm not meaning that. It's like literally with my ADHD, sometimes those little tasks become so incredibly overwhelming that it like makes me cry, which is weird to admit that, but it does. Well, I mean, it's just, it's a, 
I mean, with business, it's a never-ending to-do list, and it's just you know prioritizing those things. And well, just, and you had had one before me that you don't have anymore, but still, like, so you've been there, and we're a team in that sense. But even when you have stuff like with work, or you have emails that you need to put together, or when you're meeting with people in like a media sense where they're talking about you know doing social media or like video portions of presentations, like. I sound like an asshole right now. Like, help me out here. Like, yeah. I help you no, with that No, no, I mean, well. My whole point, what I'm trying to make yeah. really quick before I forget it, I'm not cutting you off, is that like, when you're married for a certain amount of years, it'd be fucked up for you to say, like, if you've been married for, if you're married for two years, okay, cool, even still, motherfucker, you try to leave me. Anyway, but if you've been married for a span of years and then you try to leave and be like, you were just a payroll wife, like, I took care of everything for you and then you try to deuces with no support on the other end, you're an asshole. Because... Essentially, like I chose our family and our unit and our goals together over my own. Could I have gone and gotten a different radio job and moved my family across the country and left everything that we've built here, family, schools, lyrics, friends, comfortability. We love our home. We love our neighborhood, your career, your pension, all that stuff. Yeah, I could have done that. But I chose to give that up for our family. So what I'm saying is, I know you would never leave me, but if in 15 years you decided to leave, or if I was so unhappy that I decided to leave you and you were trying to say like, no, you can't have half of my pension. Ha 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 Let's go, motherfucker. I'm not saying you would do that, but I'm saying there's no, I don't think there's any payroll roles in this household. No, but you, what you talk about with manifestation, you can't say all that I know, stuff. I'm sorry. So, Universe, please forgive me. What were you going to say? I had two points. Okay. So I think the first point, most people that say that, insecure yeah narcissist yeah well i mean most people that say anything or talk shit they're most insecure yeah so i think that's probably a big part of that but in terms of everything that you do help me out with you know it's a lot because it's when it's a team you play off each other's strengths Mm -hmm. so like if there's stuff that like i have a pretty good handle on or have an idea of but i don't know like the execution all those other things i'm gonna come to you about it you know it's like in what? It's, it's reassuring in that. Well, from, oh, you're just, like I'm your teammate, so you yeah, bounce things from off of me. A lot of the stuff at work, you know, it's not just. It's not what I used to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going out and. It's not your nine to five checklist type of anything. Catching bad guys now, so a lot of this stuff, it's meetings with executives with different people outside the building and quit stop downplaying your role you actually created a program that's pretty fucking phenomenal that would not run at all without you to basically hone better cops for the future of our fucking united states thank you very much (laughs) what no you're my husband i'm allowed yeah well there's projecting in a good way so there's just there's it's it's multifaceted in terms of a lot of the the things so the way i can kind of stay ahead and keep excelling is playing off all your strengths, which you have hmm. a huge long distance resume of doing. So that's, you know, one of those things that. You really are trying to get laid tonight, aren't you? And oh, look at that smile. You're such a turd. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I love that you say that, you know, just because I have myself said like, oh, am I just a housewife now? Am I just a mom? You know, because coming from being like a single mom that fucking gritted her way through that shit that was like i've blacked out a lot of those years just because it was so horribly terrifying for me and to those of you that are hating on me because of my pauses in the podcast of the cane 
show Sarah Frazier, Natasha, Lisa, tell all's part one and two. They're just down below if you haven't listened to them yet. Fuck off. Okay. Like most of you guys don't know. And I said this briefly that I was going through a horrible custody case that I'm legally not allowed to talk about either. So if you have a problem with that, I will just say this. Like it was the most terrifying time of my life in so many fucking ways. So I'm not trying to bring on more of that bad juju. But will there be more of Sarah Frazier, Riley Couture, and Natasha Aliza coming up? Yes. But in different ways and home ones that I hope are as inspirational. But I'm glad to hear you say, babe, that like the whole payroll shit is just such garbage. Because if you really think about it, if your wife or husband or, you know, whatever you call them, your partner is the one that takes care of the things in the home front while you're off working or vice versa. Like, what would you what would you pay somebody in childcare? We actually know at minimum for a good person, it's like 20 to 24 dollars an hour. Think about what that span would be over the course of 20 years. Because let's face it, your kids are not going to move out at 18. And if they do, God bless you. Because I don't think Lyric's going anywhere. He wants to live with me forever. But I just, what, babe? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the people that are saying that, they're probably the people that marry for money. So I couldn't imagine. I just couldn't imagine. Because I feel like, and you know this, I know you don't like talking about it. But before you, I for five seconds dated like I guess he was a millionaire like a one millionaire and I'm not saying that's not a hell of a lot more money than I have now or then but it wasn't like I don't know money doesn't impress me in that way because of the fact that like I guess for 20 years I was around celebrities and people with money and I made a good dime or two before you know like not anywhere near a million dollars but you know i was around people that made that money and i don't like the way that that changes situations in relationships and families because more money more problems you know that song is a fucking classic for a reason because if it changes your dynamic like i remember when we like lived in your house in newmarket it was a beautiful house is it way smaller than what we have now yeah but i was happy there i'm happy here too i'm just saying i didn't want to go anywhere I liked that little whatever money month that, you know, payment that was. It had a big yard. It was cute. And, you know, we fell in love there, you know, the first couple of days of day, whatever. I liked that. So now, like, I love this house and I hope we stay here or have it forever. But I would not have known. I wouldn't have known, like, loved you more or less with or without, like, the increase of money. Does money make things easier? Absolutely. Does money make experience happen quicker and time is all we have yes for that reason i would like a little more money well it's but there's like the memories are the thing yeah the memories are the thing and i think there's such a bad association with money in society where it's okay to want a lot of money it's okay to want material things what did i say money comes to me easily and often i'm gonna say it again money comes to me easily and often i am manifesting all prosperity happiness and peace for myself go ahead but it's and my it, family. It's like your mindset with it. Like, I don't want money because I want more money. I want money for the freedom it affords. So, okay. You I know? will put my Rileyism on that one because I like that. But I consider money and the pursuit of it like my pair of Christian Louboutins in that closet. Have you ever once, aside from a photo suit, seen me wear those Christian Louboutins for any span of time? No. Never. Never once. I wanted those fuckers so badly. And here's the thing. They were brand new. But I got them as part of an endorsement, quote for free, from 
a secondhand high-end shop. Oh my God, you have used shoes. Fuck off. So they were like $2,000 shoes at the time. I wore them one time. One. To Jingle Ball like a dumbass. And my feet were bleeding by the end of the night. That is what I equate to marrying rich or marrying just for money. It's this illusion of this big, beautiful thing that's so elusive to have. And it's flashy and pretty. And damn, them things make my calves look good. But they hurt. And there was no joy on the other end of it once I took them off. Well, I mean, See what I mean? Yeah. And well, you listen to any... If you so, give another podcast, okay. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not. No. If, but if you listen to like any celebrity that has ever committed suicide or anything like Ooh, that. Ooh, okay. No, but I mean like they have everything. Yeah. And you talk to their friends and you know, you hear all these all these things that come out and what, what is it? Of course. Like I always equate that. You What do I always say? I would never want to be a Kardashian. Like... You know, if maybe maybe one of the little other, you know, like maybe Rob. No, he's got issues. But like I say, it's like the Kardashian effect because what touches you at that point? You have the world's largest diamonds and cars and like what becomes special? And if you think about it, you listen back when she was with Pete uh, Davidson. I was going to say Pete Wentz. Whoops. Pete Davidson. And people are like, why is she with that guy? Because granted, he's a celebrity and got money in his own right, but not like Kanye. And she was like, I just want the simple things. I mean, she has the money to be able to say that. But she's like, I just want somebody to watch my same shows with me. I love you. Thank you for watching Vanderpump Rules with me. And she's like, I just, I want to laugh and I want to be simple and all that stuff. So I get that. Do I still want to go to Greece? Yes. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, do I want to pay off our house someday? Yeah. No, it just means that they don't, I think they lose sight of like purpose and what happiness is. Well, because it's like, what it's like when you hit your prime or you've gone up to this like what 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 becomes the new mountain then in terms of money or experience right so uh shia labeouf had like a good clip shia labeouf yeah sorry 20 years of entertainment i gotta have you say it right yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> so he had a good clip where he basically was talking about had he known this earlier in life it would have been a lot different for him because mm-hmm. like he had his problems with like you know he had a DUI and kind of all that all yeah the, all the stuff so he he thought like joy meant like the next thing so Mm -hmm. the next car the next you know movie fame all the other things when now he views joy as helping others through hardship that you've been through Mm -hmm. so like more as like an inspiration so like you can go out and get more money and all these other things but like if that's the undertow you're actually going to be a force for good and have that freedom because if you're not then you see all the destructive shit so you're trying to make me cry again on my own podcast because I think you know as my husband how fucking much what you just said pertains to how I view things now or try to. Fuck, Marshall. Just just trying to be a good co-host. You're doing fine. Just because like... Oh my God. Because like you you would think like Shia, Shia LaBeouf, Buff, whatever the fuck, I can't say it now. Like he had this big, big career and now like he's not like, you know, unknown, but he's not where he was before. And it's like, neither am I yet, you know, at the pinnacle of my career so far, I had everything I thought I wanted. But the thing that I will say and pat myself on the back for whatever I might have endured or whatever I might regret about what I did or didn't do about those situations, it was never ever about fucking money ever i never stayed in it because i said oh i want this money or i want this fucking notoriety it was never about that it was about the connection that i had it was the belief in the show that i joined not the one i was left with it was the belief of 
there was a person that changed my life and I wanted that forever. I wanted to always embody paying it forward and being a good person. And listen, I'm no fucking angel. I've got a mouth on me. I will cut you with my tongue if you piss me off. I'm not the most patient person in the world and I can be a fucking bitch sometimes. However, comma, I do believe that my moral compass is intact and we just went on a completely different tangent, but that's what we do here on Really Riley. So hopefully a lot of this made sense to you. Like, babe, I love you. I love you even more for that, like, a, that, that opinion on, like, payroll husbands because I think that's very, like, fucking 1952 to think that way mm-hmm. or about wives. And listen, if you married Rich and he's good to you and he's not fucking anybody else, screw it. Good for you. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Who no, cares? It's not like this isn't. I'm not going in your pocketbook. I don't give a anybody. shit. Just, I don't care. You know, like, but I just, yeah. So there's that. Hopefully you enjoy this one, friends. And um, yes, I do mean that, though, that there's going to be more of me, Sarah and Natasha coming up. And it's a, it's another one. I think it's another it's another good one. that's going to hopefully connect. Um, so if you would, though. Before I let you go, please like, comment, share the podcast, help get it around. I love you, love you, love you. Oh, and side note, a lot of you guys have been asking when my next pop-up is. It is coming up on, what is it, maybe the 16th, 17th? 17th. See? Team Sa- Saturday. Saturday, the 17th. I will, once we get all the final details together, I'll, you know, give you the deets and all of the things, but I'm excited. I'm going to bring out some new goodies for you guys and hopefully i get to see you a lot of you guys are asking if i'm going to do any manifestation seminars this year yes i will say this though i'm going to be doing less events this year than i did last year because i did fucking a lot of them like i know that it doesn't seem like that many but i did what like eight last year eight or nine yeah but it was like the span in which you did that well that's what i mean like christmas i did like four yeah there was like eight or nine throughout the whole year i want to focus here in the podcast and that does require a lot behind the scenes a lot of meetings and a lot of whatever and now that really riley is five days a week versus three we just really want to pour more into this so now if i tell y'all because we got this army you're going to get those deets first too and if you haven't signed up for that really riley podcast.com um and the coupons and goodies that come along with it sign up for that subscription but when i say that like i'm going to do less and if i say that there's like a pop-up here don't expect me to be doing like nine more this year because i just i want to focus more here because that's where I always wanted it to be. And don't worry, House of W is going nowhere. It's just, and the manifestation stuff is going nowhere. I just really want to focus and get this rolling first. So, mm. what? I would say rolling, just expanding. Right. Rolling to where it is a, listen, we're going to be real here. As much as we talked about not giving a shit about money, I still have two kids, a house, and, you know, goals. So, yeah, we got we to gotta get this sucker making some moolah. Um and if you know anybody that wants to advertise, hit me up. Really, really podcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, want to chit chat at Riley Couture, at Really, Really Podcast, and at House of W by Riley. Side note, I just posted a bunch of really dope ass um, Valentine's Day goodies. And I would like you to snag them up. Because um, the Valentine's Day stuff will be over by the time the, the pop up comes. Spring will probably be like, I'm, I'm not going to get into this tangent, but like <laughs> that I'm seeing St. Patrick's Day shit in the stores already. It's like Easter stuff. Right? Calm down. Um, but if you want to follow Marshall, it's at the fit marshmallow on Instagram. Um, that's marshmallow, like the artist and not the food. I love you longest. I love you, babe. Thank you for sitting in with me. I know you're tired. Um, but I will talk to you manana. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's really Riley.